join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. In this conversation, I'll take an in-depth look at mindful and transformational travel. I'm speaking with Tanya Carreri, the founder and artistic director of Advivum Journeys. We will discuss how we can listen for our calling and how travel creates a space to hear those whispers or even loud cries from within. We play with the idea that we are always traveling, even when not moving out in the world and talk about the growth potential of bringing awareness we find in travel to our daily lives. You'll want to listen to this exploration. Join me now for my conversation with Tanya Carreri. Good morning and welcome to Soul of Travel, Voices of Women. I am starting this conversation today with uh, Tanya Carreri, and I just got a lesson to pronounce all of these things, so I've already learned so much today. She is the uh, founder and designer at um, Advivum Journeys, and she is coming to us today from Ottawa, Canada. And um, I am really excited for this conversation to share um, what, how a transformational journey is kind of shaped from the conception and tell the end of that journey, which is ironic because it is a little bit of a journey itself. And um, I would love for our at the end of this conversation, um, my listeners to have a little bit of an idea of um, how we bring those pieces and parts together. I know when I first met you in the uh, Transformational Travel Council Designers Program, that was what really struck me was how intentional every moment is created for people who join you and how powerful that really is when we put that much heart and thought into that creation. So before we go there, I'm just gonna give you a minute to introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are and um, how your business runs and let people get to know you. Yeah, well, thank you so much uh, for having me here. It's, it's awfully fun, especially in this time when we feel so cooped up, it's nice to feel there is still a way to remain connected. Um, So I am an avid traveler. I always have been. And I realized that very quickly, I started to use traveling as a way to discover not only the world, but myself. 
So as I was on journeys, I was exploring, pushing boundaries, coming up against new ways that maybe other cultures do things. And that really challenged my thoughts, my thinking, my expectations, my self-perception. And I realized, hey, this is a beautiful gateway to not only create you know, connection in the world, but connection with myself. So that is really at the base of Advivium Journeys. I work as a life coach and I also develop a lot of leadership programs, all of which are about helping people ask really big questions. And most of us run up against really big questions at all times and um, convenient and inconvenient moments. <laughs> so I thought, you know, where do you go though to, to really intentionally explore those kinds of things? And that was, the birth of the concept of creating destinations where people, both in the preparation for it, in the journey to it, in the time there, and in the reintegration home, all those phases of this journey become uh, ways that they can actually deepen the knowing of themselves, the celebrating of themselves, and the aspiration of a new self. And um, so that you were asking about the, the arc of the journeys, that's a part of every one of the journeys that we have, both uh, virtually online and um, when it's possible again in person. Uh, I think that's so important. I think a lot of people when they travel, just maybe think about the moment when they, you know, hit book on wherever they're headed and then maybe grab a travel guide like the day before they leave, or maybe they really planned, but they're really just focusing on what they're doing, um, but aren't really setting attention for the experience. And so thinking about your journey, starting from not even the moment that you book travel, but maybe even that moment when you feel the urge to book the travel and then taking a moment and thinking about like, what was that? What was that nudge that asked me to take this journey in the first place? And then, like you said, clear through actually being on the experience and then coming home and reflecting. And then maybe even a year later, the process is still unraveling. And so um, I think that was another thing that really resonated with me when you were speaking about the way you craft experiences, because I believe fully, like it's all of those things. And if we, we pull all those pieces together, that's when we have this really impactful experience. Um, I actually was thinking today is eleven eleven, so I feel like that would mean something to you as it means something to me. And on this day a year ago, which because of the nature of the world right now feels something like seven years ago, um, I was getting on this boat in um, Guatemala to head out into the middle of beautiful lake to do a meditation and then go meet with a shaman. And I took this picture of myself at the beginning of the day, really excited for this adventure, um, really open to possibility, like setting myself up in every way I knew possible to enjoy this experience. And it surpassed everything. Like I can't even explain how many gifts were given to me in that day. 
um, including just like a greater understanding of myself and spirit and reconnecting with my grandmother who had passed like so many things on this day last year. And at the end of the day, reflecting, I looked at that picture and I thought, I am not even the same person who started today in one day. And so it really reinforced for me what travel can do when you give it this space. So I, I know that really resonates for you, I'm sure of it. So I would love to, for you to talk about a little bit about how you see travel being a catalyst for personal transformation and awareness, and then how that also ripples out beyond the person traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, as you tell your story, I'm reminded of one of the very first uh, times I really locked into that kind of experience. You're right, change, we often say change takes a long time and I disagree. Change can be like that. As soon as you have an awareness, as soon as you've noticed the aha, you know, you're in. That's the moment where you've got that shift. And for me, it was one of my really early backpacking trips. Uh, I think I was 18 and I remember I was on the train and I was pulling into Paris. And the way that you enter into the Gare du Nord is you can look down all of these streets, you know, as the train is going by and you can see down and I was like, mesmerized by the fact that there are all these lives happening right now and right now and right now and I was so enraptured by that and I was imagining you know if I was those other lives you know what all these other Tanyas would be doing at this moment and I got caught in this daydream and then I suddenly heard the announcement that we were pulling into the station and um I don't know if you've probably been backpacking so you know you've got one bag and that means that if you've had to take anything out you've taken everything out right so suddenly I try to stuff it all back in the bag realizing like it's important you get off the train on time because those trains just continue and I had this thought what if I just leave the stuff that I don't need anymore on this train like the book that I'm finished, the, the big sweater that I was wearing all through the winter spring part, but was not going to need for summer. You know, there's no point in carrying extra weight in your bag when you have it all on your back. And I was like, yeah, just leave it, leave it on the train. That's all you have to do. And I did, I made that choice. And then I thought, what if I also left all the stuff on the train that I don't like about me? all the old baggage, all the worries, all the stuff I'm trying to escape, the sorrow over the broken relationship, the blah, blah, blah. What if I just leave it? I leave it and I exit without it. And I did. It was it. It was just a moment of, you know what? I have this many months ahead of me now and I will now be this Tanya. I'm going to be French Tanya. And I'm going to take on these, these new aspects that I want to try out and practice because nobody knows me here. So I can give it a try. And if I wobble a little, it's okay. No one's going to check. You know, no one's going to say, that's not you. And that was a real clear moment for me that said, yes, the journey can be transformational. In it, we can see ourselves and then make different choices. And we can be inspired um, to choose different choices by the uh, environment that's around us. So I choose destinations for what they will naturally bring out in someone. So 
we do some work out in uh, on an island called Molokai in Hawaii. It's one of the lesser known, rarely visited islands. It feels like you've traveled to the edge of this earth. There's nothing there. There's you and raw beauty. It's so natural. And that's the place you want to go and become raw and just take out all these external things that we have, the things that we use to dress up or the labels or the persona. Just go and be inspired by the question of, you know, who do I dare to be now? Barefoot in the sand and just free of all of these other attachments and decorations. So we use Hawaii for that. But when we go to England, we have this big grand house that has this amazing view and this incredible staircase around this heirloom chandelier and Jane Austen used to write there and you think oh yeah like you step in that place and your spine just stretches and you're like uh-huh maybe if I just lifted my gaze just this much you know I looked that much higher because I stood that much taller my life would just expand that much more. So that's where we go to ask the questions of expansion, you know? What does it mean to be living fully into my life? And so I enjoy playing with those travel metaphors and that's, um, that's the basis for most of my design. Oh, there are so many great things. I don't even now, I'm like, well, I want to talk about this, 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 and this. Um, the moment on the train, like I can feel myself in that moment. And I think I've had those experiences too. And it's why I feel like travel is so important because it does bring you those, just like you said, like those snapshots. There's something about how much more we're paying attention when we're traveling that we really can notice those things, especially if we're being open and aware and, and just kind of looking for those things to happen. I think they are always happening. We're just not always paying attention. And the, the idea, and, and this is something I always tell people when I talk about travel is that you have this possibility of leaving all of these labels you put upon yourself behind and just really accessing yourself. And so it, again, it just gives you this space for growth and expansion. And um, it, it's just, it's so powerful and it's so like precise. It just happens. It's amazing. I, I just, I, I think it's so incredible. And then I think you and I were talking about this before, um, but this parallel, like I'm really, really receiving the awareness of the parallel of our life journey and our career journey and travel. And because it so similarly mimics all of these things, I think that's why it lets us get into that space so quickly. Um, so I just would love to give you a moment if that brought anything up for you that you would like to share about, you know, shedding those labels and those um, perceptions of ourself and then also how that that marrying of travel and life what that looks like for you 
Yeah, I think the labels are so fascinating, aren't they? They really are these, sometimes these unseen expectations that we've placed on ourselves. You know, when I challenge people, they say, well, I couldn't do that, or that's not like me, or, and I, I'm like, well, that's a possibility. It's that you choose not to do that, and you know, that, that might be fine, but wouldn't it be interesting to experiment with what would happen if you did choose to do that? And so the easiest way to play with these different choices is to play when we're traveling, because it doesn't feel so high stakes. You know, if I try it at work, and it doesn't quite go the way I anticipated or it's not received in a way um, that I had hoped, you know, that feels like it has a lot uh, of potential to go wrong or a lot of ramification. Same thing in my relationship or at home or, you know, but when I'm traveling, I, I, it's low stakes. I have a lot of freedom for myself there. And um, when you were speaking, it was reminding me one of the exercises we do, um, in uh, Goodniston, so that's in Kent at the big house, is we go out on these beautiful uh, long walks and they have this beautiful tradition in England of wayfinding. So they have all these footpaths which are open um, to the public and they're not paths like hiking trails that we have in North America. They're they're the old paths that went to market and that went, you know, into town and they crisscross. And the way that you uh, go, follow them is you have these written instructions that just tell you, you know, walk up to the brow of the hill and then follow the brow until you get to the hedgerow, which you follow down the laneway until you get to the creek and you pass over it, which all seems very obvious until you're doing it and you realize I don't really know what the brow of the hill is and I'm not sure of what a hedgerow is. <laughs> and so when people go, it's quite often that they immediately become these stories that they tell themselves of, I might get lost or I am lost. And then I always am there to prompt, well, what does that mean that you're lost? Who are you when you're lost? What do you tell yourself when you're lost? I can't get back. And I watch some people, they like, just forge ahead. Well, it must be in this direction. And they just go and they get off track for about a half hour. And I'm like, wow, did you notice that? Did you notice that in your anxiety, your response is to just go? And other people are like, I'll just go back. I'm just gonna turn around, you know? and there's no right answer or wrong answer it's just this lovely illustration of who they are and how they respond when they have the thought i am lost you know which is the same thing that probably happens to them when they're parenting and it goes wrong or when they're in a business meeting and it's not happening right and they're saying to themselves i don't know what to do i'm lost and so from there we can start to play with well what if you just chose differently what if you chose something that isn't your normal? And that's the first step of shedding some of these labels and practicing being someone new. Yeah, I, I find that, uh, yeah, there's so many things about that that are so interesting. And again, like how travel just kind of shines these lights on things. But like, for instance, people will ask if I speak another language because I travel all the time and I say, oh, I speak a little Spanish. Well, how long have you studied it? Well, like seven years. And they're like a little Spanish then, right? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. It doesn't sink in. And then when I get somewhere, like I 
instantly, I'm, I'm nearly fluent, but if you asked me to do it here, I can't access that part of myself. And then by the end of a journey somewhere, or I've been speaking Spanish the entire time, when I come back, like for instance, in Lima, there's this hotel I'd love to end a trip in. And it's really extravagant. And they, they greet you at the door speaking English. And I'm always looking at them like, why are you speaking English to me? I don't know English. Like it's such a different shift. And I, I mean, today, if you ask me, do you speak Spanish? I'll tell you no, like a little. And it's so interesting, like just how we put ourselves in these places and we tell ourselves these stories. And, you know, it goes beyond, you know, travel. There's, you know, we are, everyone is kind of trying to pull away limiting beliefs and these narratives we tell ourselves. And, you know, these are really, I think, uh, getting to be more common uh, talking points in exploring ourselves and growing. Um, But they're so true. And again, I think you just, you notice them more when you're traveling or I notice them more. And um, that the, uh, that voice actually that I just was kind of mentioning the narrative there's also that voice that um, calls us to travel and like kind of helps us give us gives us that nudge like am I living my purpose? Am I being fulfilled? And I think that it also is the same voice that tells us to travel and to explore. And I think you would agree as well. And I'm I'm just wondering. Um, how how we use travel to access the answer to that question, I guess, um, that it, it's sometimes just a nudge, um, but then sometimes it's actually really shouting at us, especially during, like, um, I know you and I talked about, like, milestones are sometimes a catalyst for this seeking and transitions in our lives. And so I'd love to open up the space for people who are maybe hearing that and hearing the echo or the scream of that call. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard both of those, the echo and the scream of my <laughs> call, sometimes both at the same time. You know? <laughs> Something that I think happens when we travel is we really open ourselves up to connecting. Do you notice that? Like we connect with communities around us, we see, even though things may be very different than our home cultures, we see what is common, you know, we, we find our humanity with one another. And I think that spirit of connection that gets opened up also applies to how we reconnect with ourselves. We hear our own call of humanity. You know, we start to notice different things in ourselves. At home, we can be really stuck in just knowing ourselves for our roles. And then all those unspoken parts of ourselves come out when we start to travel. And we, you know, we get reintroduced to, you know, maybe there's the creative view that isn't always at play at home. And she comes out and says, here I am, let's do something really funky. And people always say to me, you know, gosh, you know, I do these amazing things when I travel and I don't do them at home, you know? Uh, It's really accessing these different personas. So that's one way that that I hear the echo are these different personas that are saying to me, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little lonely in here. I'd like some time, <laughs> you know, I'd like some attention. Um, and I think milestones are really important because we have lost, I think, a lot of ceremony and um, ritual around important, significant milestones. Uh, but I do think what's happening is we are reclaiming the right to create our own ritual and ceremony around milestones. And so I think we see that travel is a big part of that for many people. You know, whether it's birthdays, whether it's the eve of significant events. So if you think of bridal parties that go away, um, uh, births of new babies. Now we're seeing a trend of people traveling with their newborns. Well, maybe not right now, but in general, you know, because it's, it's the beginning of something. And I think we can create a ritual for ourselves. And I think the reason we do it is it's, is on milestones, we're asking ourselves really big questions. Who have I been? What have I accomplished? What is there to celebrate? What do I need to acknowledge? What do I still aspire to? What am I longing for? What do I want to step into? What would bring me meaning now? Because, you know, there isn't, you're not so sold on like the one life purpose idea because I think we're now living in an age where we live um, exposed to so much with so much opportunity that we may have several purpose arcs in our lives. And so I think there's always that moment of where am I on my arc and what is the next arc um, calling to me and, and how can I step into that? So that's what milestones for me really represent is that moment of wrestling whatever big question is going to, you know, is grabbing at you. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I think it, it's just so important and I feel like it, it really is a great time to pair exploration with like that inner journey and being out and exploring because like we both mentioned, it just it brings new awarenesses, which you're really looking for in that moment. Um, another thing that you mentioned, um, well, one was not actually taking your newborn traveling right now, because obviously we're not really <laughs> traveling. <laughs> and, um, so when we look at, and I say the same thing, like traveling Christine and everyday Christine, they're not the same people. And how amazing would it be if they were the same people? Because that person I am sometimes is really amazing. And what if I was her more than, you know, three weeks a year, <laughs> if I'm lucky that I get the three weeks a year or whatever it is. And, um, how, how do we like, how do we take those components and aspects that we access when we're traveling and bring them back into our life. And I know you've been playing with that a lot right now because we aren't traveling and the idea that we are traveling, but not going anywhere, which is a little bit out there, but I think really important and kind of brings all of this together actually. Yeah. So because we're not traveling in the world right now, we've started to explore the virtual travel. You know, what happens? How do we travel? while we're at home, how do we have these field trips while we're still here? And the reason we started that was I said, well, if you take a look at all the things that happen when you travel, you, you stretch your boundaries, you change your context, you live by different rules, your norm is not your norm, uh, you're discovering new ways to do things because you're playing new roles. Well, that's all happening right now. And so I actually thought, well, 
we are traveling. It feels like we're traveling, but we're traveling while we're still in space. And um, in one of the recent field trips that we we had, which these field trips are an hour and a half long explorations, and we were exploring how do we bring these superpowers that we seem to have and we gain when we travel. So exactly as you were saying, you know, these aspects of ourselves that we can step into when we're traveling, how do we bring them and use them in this current travel context? And so when you were talking earlier about, you know, speaking Spanish fluently when you're traveling, but not owning that persona at home, I'd be like, what, what in you do you give yourself permission to do or what switch do you turn on that allows you to be a fluent Spanish speaker? And if you can name that switch, can you just turn that switch on here at home? And maybe we'll allow you to speak fluent Spanish here at home, but maybe we'll allow you to access a lot of these you know, aspects of you, the traveling you, the journeying you, and have them here um, in your own environment. So I know for me when I'm traveling, I am like super grounded. I'm super in the moment, present and aware. And when I really realized that, like when I made a list of my um, traveling superpowers, and when I asked myself, well, how could I do more of that at home? It just made small shifts, you know, when I'm going out for my daily walk, I stopped putting my earbuds in. I was like, no, I'm just gonna be present to the moment. Because if I was walking through London or Paris or somewhere in Nairobi or who knows, I would not have things in my ear distracting myself, right? I would be like eyes wide open, smelling, listening, feeling the ground. So it's about knowing who you are away and then bringing that persona back and saying, what would that give to my day now? And we've just loved playing with those little changes. It's it, the community has just shared all of these little shifts that have actually just brought a spark to this kind of travel in space moment that we're in. Hmm. I think one of the things that I really give myself when I travel is time and, and space, <laughs> quiet. And like you said, really being present because we just pack so much into every minute of every day in our daily lives. And so that would be huge to just, even to like plan a, a daycation from your real life and just slow down. And also, um, it is a real gift to give yourself all these things that happen when you travel. And I think, um, especially for a lot of women who are seeking these experiences, who are maybe hearing this call, they're having these questions, they're seeking, and travel might be the answer or a retreat or even a one and a half hour field trip. We don't give ourselves the permission to do that. Yeah. And so I would love for you to share like why we should, because we should. And what does that do for ourselves? And what does that do for those around us? We kind of talked about this before, but I feel like I want to give all the people who hear this, who are excited and they want to do this, permission to say yes. 
Yeah, well, uh, nobody else is going to craft or live your best life. Only you can know what that will mean to you. And only I can know what it will mean to me. And so each of us really does have, I think, an obligation to do that work. You know, while we, I think, have been taught to frame that as something that's very self-centered, I think it's an act of generosity. If I take the time to really craft a life that I desire to live fully, and that doesn't mean a grandiose life. That doesn't mean, you know, something unachievable or super extraordinary. I'm not talking we should aspire to be Oprah or think, no, I'm talking about, did you craft a day for yourself today that by the time your head hits the pillow, you can go to sleep with a smile as you focus on maybe just two or three moments that you're like, yeah, that was good. You know, that, that moment was good. That moment when I connected with my son, you know, and I just, I took the extra five minutes and said, no, I'm going to breathe and enjoy him. That was good. That moment when I said, yep, I know it's a luxury, but a 30 minute bath on my lunch hour because I can and I can just soak and enjoy and just close the door and have some quiet and be me. I mean, those kinds of things are the moments that just rejuvenate us. And as soon as we're rejuvenated, as soon as we feel that sense of hope, that sense of elasticity in our energy centers, that's when we can step into the bigger questions about purpose around what do I want to contribute? What do, how do I want to connect with this world? And then when we step into those questions and we actually step towards doing that, that is an act of huge generosity because we model to all of our fellow sisters that, hey, this is something we can do. This is something we can do for ourselves and inspire one another to do and lift each other up while doing. And I tell you, if we do that, well, I don't know where that goes, but that is just something that I would love to see. I agree. I agree. I, that it's like the muscle of saying yes to ourselves. And, um, I think, like I said, it's a little easier to do when you're traveling because you've already kind of given yourself the space. You've said a big yes once, but then being able to do that in your daily life. Like I know the other day I had just like a great morning playing with my puppy and then I did yoga and then I had a great conversation with someone like you preparing for solo travel and then like just had a great walk with my girls. And all of a sudden at the end of the day, I was like, wow that was what stuff is made of. Like, that's what I, that's how I want my life to feel. Um, and, and sometimes we might blow right through that day and be like, oh, I felt good at the end of the day. I didn't feel just like so drained and whatever, but we didn't even notice it. And so when we practice the awareness, then it makes those little yeses in our days more powerful as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I love, you know, yes, it's the noticing and you're right. It's the permission giving. You know, I see some people, even when they're traveling, don't give themselves permission. 
You know, they're like, okay, I'm here and I'm only here for five days. So here we go. We've got number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Oh, I'm so tired. Number six, number seven. Oh, I'm exhausted. Number eight, number nine. And you say, well, why don't we skip 10, 11, 12 and just, you know, grab a, I don't know, a little something to snack on and just go sit in that glorious park and enjoy the sound of a different language around us and just waste time. Oh, oh no, I can't give myself permission. You know, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I think here you can. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you mentioned permission giving, that we be aware of when we do allow ourselves and when we hold ourselves back from, you know, the opportunities that are always around us. Yeah. I, I was talking with someone else about the gift of a rainy day when we travel because yes. we would never like just take a whole day to sit in our room and read luxuriously with a cozy blanket or something. But then it happens and it's like the best day of the whole trip. And like, that that's the magic, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we're like, no, we have this opportunity for this trip and we will have to experience every moment and then what ends up happening is you didn't experience anything <laughs> exactly it's like the, when the electricity goes off right in your candlelit and suddenly it's this magical moment and it's like oh we have to do everything by candlelight now and then the lights come back on and there's this kind of oh <laughs> you know we're going yeah. back to that now yeah yeah. I kind of, I wonder like if we're going to feel that when the electricity turns back on here soon, like, I don't know. I'm curious about what that's going to feel like. I um, think it's thought that we have to be intentional. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about the new normal that's coming, the new normal. Well, the new normal is not just going to arrive. The new normal has to be something that we really craft just like we craft a journey when we travel. Be intentional about what you're gonna put into it now. Be intentional about what you pack into your proverbial bags. You know, what are you carrying into this new normal with you? Do not bring what you don't want or what you don't feel will serve you. And I, I hope everybody really stops for a moment and realizes that we'll co-create the new normal. You know, it's, it won't happen to us. Mm. So the lights will come on, but we can choose how we will act um, as soon as they do. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like that's such a beautiful space to end. Like that brings so many things together into one moment, which is what I kind of felt like might happen here. I feel like we're unraveling some mysteries and opening the door for like endless more <laughs> like it's just the again like that ebb and flow like oh I've solved this oh now there's this that just popped up but I think that was a, a beautiful place to land um I would love for our listeners we well, have two things left I'm going to save a rapid fire for the very end of just some fun playful questions to end on but for people who have joined us listen to this conversation and they would love to learn more about the field trips you're offering what experiences you have coming up and how they can connect with you would you mind sharing yeah the easiest is to come over to the website which is advivum journeys so that's A-D-V-I-V-U-M 
journeys.ca because I'm a Canadian company, so .ca. And under retreats tab, you'll see everything that we have there or the calendar tab, you'll see everything rolling out. So right now everything is virtual, but there are lots of ways to join with us right now. Um, and we hope that we'll be welcoming many people with us uh, in the spring, May and June uh, in England in the big manor home. But we'll see. We'll see how things roll out. We're going to wait and, of course, just make sure that everything is uh, safe for everybody when we do. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Oh my gosh, one! I one. know it's always Out of Africa comes to mind because that's just um, I don't know. I think I saw it at a time where I just leaned in and put my face as close as I could to the screen and said, "Yes, okay, I'm going to go." <laughs> you know, I just want to lose myself in that kind of adventure. Um, what is always in your suitcase or your backpack? Uh, my passport. I am ready to go that fast. <laughs> yeah. I really am. That is a good one to have. Um, what is your favorite, and this will be impossible, but favorite destination? Oh my goodness. Uh, 18 just came to mind. I am aching for two places right now. So I don't know if that's a way to answer. So one of them, I, I always have this beautiful soft spot in my heart for France, uh, especially for Provence and for just getting lost in that region. And I would really love to go back to Botswana right now. Um, and that has also really been calling to me. So those two come up, but I, I would put just about everything down on my favorite list. <laughs> I know I have that problem too. Even places that I'm like, and there's very few that I'm like, I don't know if I really need to go there with all the places in the world. And then I go and I'm like, Oh, I definitely needed to come here. Like it's just nothing goes off the list. Um, so even harder still, perhaps, where do you still long to visit? Oh, you know what? I've never been to Estonia and recently it's just, you know, I love when the universe just pops things, you know, over your way. So for whatever reason, Estonia keeps popping up. So I was like, okay, Estonia, I hear you. I'm coming. Excellent. So um, that's top of the list now. Um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? <laughs> That's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yes. I mean, great sake from Japan, great cheese from France, wine from the Napa Valley, um, or from South Africa. Um, I mean, and sometimes it's just particular spices. You know, you just have this whiff and you're like, oh, like when I was in Sri Lanka or India, you know, all those really warm mm -hmm. spices and yeah we could have a whole hour simply on that topic, I think, because I could go on forever. The chocolate, the chocolate of Belgium. We could just talk about the chocolates of the world. That would be another. <laughs> oh, and I went to an amazing co-op in Peru where they're, they're teaching people to craft the chocolate there. And it was 
mind blowing. Like we did a chocolate tasting, like a wine tasting, and I'd never experienced it before. So I agree. There's probably a whole conversation on chocolates of the world. Maybe, maybe we'll do that in real life. Yes. That would be in the future. (laughs) Um, is, isn't it true whenever you've eaten something that is grown, like true local of that place, you know, where like, I don't know, pineapples in Hawaii are, this is blow your mind, man. This is a pineapple. This is not what we get shipped at home. You know, mm-hmm. the, that experience, you can have that, like the tomatoes in Italy or anywhere, whatever is truly of that space. There is no topping that. Yeah. I have heard that it's because the vibration of the food matches the vibration of the place. And when you eat them together, like it's really powerful. I don't know if that's, but it feels true. Like it definitely things taste just unbelievable when they've come from where you are. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Oh my goodness. Who was, I think it was, um, well, two people immediately come to mind. One is my maternal grandmother and she emigrated here uh, from Croatia. And so I think somehow that adventure, um, seeker, uh, the belief that there can be more and that I can find it in creative. I think that comes from her. And, and I always had this sense from her, even though she came and created a home here in Canada, uh, that, that this was the second big stop on her journey, if you will. And so it was always over there, you know, where she was from. And that always, always captivated me. And when um, I was young, my dad worked as a surveyor and every summer we would be traveling around the country with him as he was doing his job. And so I think somehow that rhythm of movement um, just got embedded at a cellular level and I just feel better I must have been one of those kids where, you know, you put them in the, the car seat and drive and they immediately are calm. And, you know, I think that was me and it's still me today. Um, so those two come to mind. And the last one, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or who's passed, who would it be? <laughs> oh my gosh. Who would I enjoy? I, I I think I need a school bus, first of all, because you can see clearly I don't like making choices. <laughs> I like, my husband would say, this is, this is the same process I go through when I'm ordering off a menu. <laughs> I was like, well, if I could combine all of these ingredients into a totally different dish, who would I, um, okay, because we're talking food, um, there is a chef called Otolenghi, who's a, a renowned chef out of the UK, who has a Iranian and Persian, sort of Middle Eastern background. And I, I feel that I would love to say, 
hey, could you just bring me to some of your favorite places and then talk to me about the passion that you, the, the passion and the history and the culture that is behind your cuisine? Because I sense that there's a big depth there. So that's the answer that I'll give in this moment. Though I think if you asked me that question uh, again in about 10 minutes, I would find the next person on the school bus. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's fair. I couldn't answer any of these questions. I actually, once I wrote them, I was like, oh, this is kind of torturous, but it always brings up some really interesting things. And I think it makes us just, again, like reconnect to those experiences and the things that light us up. So I think it's really valuable and a fun space to play. So um, I really appreciate you joining me today. I I knew I would love this conversation, but I really, truly feel grateful for connecting and being able to share this with um, everyone who is listening today. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. It has been a real joy. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, Welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.